7 to 8 p.m. Sport on with Tabi Somosia. Thank you, Greg Hose, and a very good evening, everybody. And thank you for staying with us on SAFM and joining us on SAFM Spot On. I am Tabiso Mosia, and Loyolom Kalipi and Katleho Mudiba are the producers, and Sylvester Komane is our technical producer this evening. We'll be talking boxing tonight like we like to do on a Wednesday. We are going all the way to Australia and to the U.S. In Australia, that's where we find South African, Australian, former professional boxer, Love Mondo, who will be inducted into Australia's Hall of Fame next month for his exploits in the ring. You might remember that we touched on this last week when we spoke to Philip Undo and uh, Love More has been at that side for a while now. I think it's 24 years that he's been based in Australia. So we'll catch up with him, Fanad. What is up to his Australia home for him now and how does he feel to be inducted into the Hall of Fame? I saw the reactions on some of the posts from Australia and a lot of people that side are happy uh, that Love More will be inducted. They hold him in high regard, definitely there in Australia. And in the US, that's where we are going to find South African boxer DJ Krill. He's got a big fight this weekend. He's fighting for a world title in Las Vegas. He will be in action against undefeated IBF junior flyweight champion Carlos Licona of Mexico. They're going to be fighting in LA. So we're going to talk to DJ Krill to find out how he is prepared for uh, this uh, fight against uh, Licona. And before all of that, today is World Race Radio Day, and we thought that it is only right that we also celebrate World Radio Day here on SAFM uh, Sport On, and we will speak shortly to SABC uh, sports commentator Zolani Bono, who's better known as ZB, just to find out about his love for the medium called radio because he's been at it for years now, ZB. And uh, we, if you look at the reaction that we've uh, got ever since we announced that we'll be speaking to ZB, you can tell that is really, really, really popular, um, Zolani so we'll speak to him shortly. We also hope hoping to go to Deben uh, to get a wrap of today's action in the first test between the Proteas and Sri Lanka. If you missed the action, the Proteas were put into bed and they were bowled out for 235 after being at 70 on 17 for 3 at one stage. Uh, but Quintin de Cox 80 helped them to get to 235 all out while Temba Pavuma made 47. And in reply, Sri Lanka went to stumps on day one of the first of two test matches on 49 for 1, which means that they trail by 186 runs with nine wickets remaining in their first innings. Please feel free to join our conversations at any time on 0891-104-207. Our SMS line is 40938. We do take WhatsApp voice notes on 061-4104-107. And we are using the hashtag SAFMSport on on social media. For the story behind the action, catch Tabiso Musia weekdays at 7 p.m. And as promised, now let's have a chat with Mr. ZB Zolani Bono. Uh, Mr. ZB, good evening, sir, and thank you very much for joining us on SAFM. Thanks, Tabla, and uh, thanks for having me, buddy. It is World Radio Day today, ZB, and you're one of our heroes when it comes to sports broadcasting, and that's why we thought we should just celebrate you and give you the respect that you deserve. What made you fall in love with Radio ZB? Um, Tabla, it's a very long story, my friend, I can tell you now. It's, uh, um, you know, coming from the late, uh, shall I say, okay, in my early days, um, uh, when I was, you know, a very, very youngster, um, I used to take what you call your deodorant these days, your roll-on. I had never seen a microphone those days, but uh, I could imagine that there was something like a microphone. But I don't know how it happened, because I just used this deodorant. You know, I would take it from the dustbin. It was empty, and, you know, after made, you know, being used by my parents. So I would just take it and and pretend to be talking to it, uh, using it as a microphone, whilst I never actually had a sight of a microphone. So I never knew anything about it. But, uh, you know, it all became reality when I uh, joined SABC in 1987, and uh, my dreams came true. So, yeah, that's the way it happened, and um, the rest is history. The rest is history indeed. Now, when you were using that deodorant, that roll-on there to do your commentary, who were some of the people that you looked up to? Uh, who were some of your or radio idols growing up? Um, the names would come up 
very quickly and uh, without a doubt. Omgive and Kleby, they called him Omgivi. Fikile Lubisi, Brafix, Peter Bagrela, who's uh, my mentor in terms of sport, and uh, um, your father, Stan Fia. <laughs> because uh, um, if you talk football, I, I can tell you now, I hear people talking a lot of you know things about soccer commentators and everybody. There is no soccer commentator who could beat Stan Musia. He is just the best. He was the best. And as far as I'm concerned, he is still the best. Those are the things things that I still use in my commentary. But Stan Musia, he was a gem. So, you know, those are the people that I looked at. (laughs) (laughs) Now you know where I get it from, everybody that is listening. Exactly. No, you you, you never got lost there. (laughs) (laughs) Do you remember, ZB, your first ever radio sports casting job? What were you doing? Um, my first soccer commentary was uh, Moroga Swallows playing against Orlando Pirates. They were playing in George Koch Stadium. Oh. Tipo was a George Koch. <laughs> <laughs> and George Koch Stadium. Those days, it was George Koch. You know, the uh, I remember Aubrey, um, uh, what's his, uh, his name again? I just forget his name. The shorter, uh, Aubrey Mahupa. Okay, something like that. But it'll come. Um, so, you know, those are the days. But that that was my first soccer commentary, Pirates and uh, Moroga Swallows. It was a very tough assignment, I can tell you, because, I mean, we were talking the oldest clubs in South Africa, and I was given that assignment. Deep end, I was in, and Peter Bagrela was laughing at me and saying, we will see if you know what you're actually doing now. Here we go. Go for it. Just enjoy it. That's what he said to me. I enjoyed it and I came back and he said to me, you did very well, but now let's look at this and that and that and that. That's how he mentored me, but I enjoyed it. That was my first and I actually cannot forget that one. And in boxing, um, Vuyani Nene was fighting in Port Elizabeth against... uh, Odom Zeleni. Mm. Um, you, you might remember Odom Zeleni. He's the only boxer who gave Vianney Nene lots of trouble in the boxing ring. But he would lose in the ninth, 10th, or 11th round. But, uh, you know, after having, you know, taken the distance and, uh, you know, troubling Vianney Nene, uh, who, was, who was a very good boxer. Mm. And, um, Wonder Boy Nene. Know, after after that, yes, that, that was my first one in terms of boxing, yeah. Yeah, I remember Vuyani Nene very well. Wonder Boy Nene, even had a younger brother called Skeleton Nene, was also a very, exactly. very good fighter. Yeah, now, exactly. And when you were doing the Pirates and, and, and Swallows ZB, was it, was it the original Soweto Derby at the time? It was. It was. <laughs> that's the original derby. That's why I'm saying I was thrown into the deep and I was asking with Peter Bagrela, why are you doing this to me? Are you guys trying to sabotage me or, you know, something <laughs> of that sort? Because, I mean, they were there for so long. Stan Mosia, Mbule um, Lonchinga, you know, these guys were good. They were doing commentary like nobody's business. And here I was, thrown into the deep end. Swallows and pirates. What a game. I mean, this is a match that you can't just give to a newcomer like myself. Mm. You know, I was only about two, three months old in the business. But then they gave it to me. And, uh, you know, I'm happy to say I did pass. And uh, I, 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 I didn't just pass with, you know, uh, low, low uh, 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 marks. But mm. apparently I, I passed it with so many high marks that even Stan and uh, Peter... And the other guys were, like, very happy, and they, they told, actually, my management that we have a jam here. So, I was, you know, it, it felt good that I was called a jam, you know, <laughs> the G-E-M. Yes. So, I, I felt good, and I was praising myself all the time. You know, with my friends, I would, I would tell my friends that, hey, 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 you guys, you must remember, when you talk to me, you're talking to Umtasazi now. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't pass with 33.3%. No, 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 no. We're not talking that. We're talking 80s and 90%, sort of. <laughs> That's it. We've got a voice note here, and please, if you want to join the conversation, you can call us on 0891-104-207. We are celebrating World Radio Day with legendary sports commentator. ZB Zolani Bongo. You can SMS us on 40938. We also take WhatsApp voice notes on 061-4104-107. And we've got one voice note here. Good evening, you my man. You're looking for Aubrey Makubela. It was Aubrey Makubela. Thank you. Bye. 
Ah, that's the Swallows player that we were looking for, ZB. Aubrey Makubela. <laughs> Aubrey Makubela, yes, 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 he's very correct. I'm, I'm, I'm happy. I'm very happy. <laughs> now, I want to read you some of the tweets that are coming through here. Owe to say is one of the best commentators to ever come out of Umzansi. Namhlanje abanye betu sazi ikakamba in and out, and it's all thanks to ZB. Upakagazi uh, also says... Uh, UZB is naifundangaye ikrigeti. The way he did it caught my attention. Ela kaisha nandengazunoba ibala egulalolo gulo linja. Nikotwa di altanda ikakamba because of UZB. And there are so many of these messages coming through on social media. I'm going to also try and get to my Facebook page here because I see some people have uh, also uh, messaged us. Okay, here they are. Somebody says, thanks for bringing uh, Izomen. We also need you to do your dead. Okay. Some Usutu says, Wababa wakalu zolega. That is the legendary ZB. Sipose to Hamwana says, ZB, a legend right there. Ngosi Pete Mtimde says, currently the best on Mshobo Wenene. He's the all-rounder in commentary, both is Kosa English. And ZB, now I want to ask you, because I looked at your resume. I mean, you've done the 2006 World Cup in Germany 2010 here 2014 in Brazil you've done the Rugby World Cup 95 2003 2011 2015 you've done the Barcelona Olympics Atlanta Olympics Athens Olympics and Brazil Olympics you've done the 99 Cricket World Cup 2003 World Cup 2007 World Cup 2015 you've done the IAAF champs you've gone on tours rugby England Ireland Wales Italy you've done almost everything here what are some of your highlights um, sure, so you know it's hard when you've done such a lot of stuff. Uh, it's hard to pick up the highlights, but maybe one can just you know out of uh, maybe some joviality out of my job that I am so passionate about. Uh, my highlights would be uh, you know surprisingly I spoke about Sri Lanka this morning and um, this afternoon on the show, but my highlights would be um, the West Indies. Uh, 2007 World Cup, mm. the Cricket World Cup in the West Indies. I enjoyed that one. Very, very, very. Oh, that was good. <laughs> uh, I really enjoyed myself out there. And um, uh, some of those would be... I, I actually enjoyed the Rugby World Cup in 2003 in Australia. Mm. Much as I did the one in South Africa because that was the very first one. But, I mean, it's, it's always good that you enjoy this stuff when you're out of your own country. But 2003 World Cup rugby in Australia, um, yeah, that, that was, the, the, those were my, 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 my highlights, I would say. We're talking boxing tonight on the show. We like to talk boxing on, on Wednesday, and you're one of the top boxing commentators. What would you say are the key things when commentating a boxing fight? Um, I always say, if, if you don't prepare you will get caught um, because you you, 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 you you cannot underestimate your listeners, Tariso. That, that's, that's number one. You just cannot underestimate your listeners because some of your listeners know more than you actually do. Like, I mean, I forgot Aubrey Mahobela's name and somebody yeah. just came up and said Aubrey Mahobela. So you can't underestimate your listeners. So preparation to me is the key. You have to do your research research and more research and more research you can't get tired of doing that if you are a commentator or a sports presenter or program presenter whatever you do on radio or television prepare it's rather you have your preparation not you know being done i mean you can prepare but some of the stuff that you prepare you might not go on air and and talk about it or do anything about it but it's rather have everything instead of having less than preparations because you'll be caught out. So that, to me, is, is, is one of the best things one can do. Research, more research, preparation, and more preparation. You will get your commitment. You will get your dedication, and you will definitely get your output, and you will definitely take your output and give it to the people. People will be happy, and they will love you because they know that you are doing your research. They know that you are preparing everything that you want to do, everything that you want to speak about you just have to prepare and obviously you must respect your listeners i always believe that you must respect your listeners your listeners are your employers sabc comes second your listeners are your number one employers okay we've got another voice note here for you zb 
good evening good evening tabiso this is akona here from east london um nandi amthanda kakhulu u president b ikakhulu xa esisasazela lomdlalo sokuthana kakhulu wamanqindi um ndimthanda kakhulu xa esithipha wakhala uzoleka kangoba president b ndibawulube khona xa ekhala uzoleka on the third this year kuyo ka march pa ezansi oriented thank you Okay, thanks for that one, Akona. ZB, there's also a tweet here from Titi Yana who says, Hi, Tabiso, can you please ask Ukakene why a color kakute nuzolega loan? Everybody asks that question. And I've tried to avoid this. <laughs> and, uh, I don't know. Tabiso, this, this is just one of those things, man. I think let's talk about it towards the end of the program. But yeah, it's just... It's just one of those things. But I'll tell you just before the end of the program. Otherwise, it's so nice. Well, Carlos Olega, wababa. Nice one. I also want to find out from you, um, I know you've mentioned preparations. Is that the advice that you would give to up-and-coming sports broadcasters and commentators? Because we have a lot of people that want to get into this field. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. So without preparation, you are nothing. You are absolutely nothing without preparation. Don't go to Google just for the sake of Googling. Because, Tabi, so you know what I'm saying. I know you love your sport. You are generally knowledgeable about sports. Not all of us are so talented. I mean, I've done cricket, rugby, athletics, boxing, you name it. But not all of us can do that. But the main thing is, if I wake you up at 3 o'clock in the morning, and say, Tabiso, here we are. We have an ed- emergency here. Can you do this? Can you answer this question? Blah, blah, blah. In two minutes, in, in a minute or so. You will wake up and you'll give us the answer. You will wake up and do the whole thing. Because you know it, because you love it, you are knowledgeable about it, you are committed. But if you're not committed, if you just do it for the sake of doing it, you will have to start saying, oh, my goodness, let me go to my PC. I want to Google this and that and that. Mm-hmm. Then you are not in this business. Mm-hmm. So people must understand this. You've got to be knowledgeable, but you've got to be passionate about it. If you're not passionate about it, even if you're knowledgeable, if you're not passionate, you're not disciplined about it, I please please you've got to be knowledgeable you've got to but it goes with discipline the only problem that we have these days some of us are not disciplined and discipline is not about calling you booty calling you data and all of that discipline is about respecting your work respect your work you've got to be punctual you've got to prepare you've got to do all these things in a way that will satisfy and entertain and make it humorous and you know be serious about your work whilst you entertaining at the same time and how do you keep up with the times because the game has surely changed from when you started in 1987 to now there's even social media and i see that you're active also on 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 twitter you've got an account how important is it to keep up with the times you know what? In, in, in our days, we used to, to, to get advices like, if you don't read newspapers, if you don't watch television, if you don't listen to other radio stations, um, you won't go anywhere. So I still believe in that. Okay, these days you've got your social media, which is like, you know, growing fast. And But I, I'm still there because... I mean, tell me, so if, if I don't go for social media, then I'm out because that's what goes on these days. Mm-hmm. So I've got to go with the times. You must grow and go with the times. I am on Twitter, and the reason why I'm on Twitter is because I want to get on with what is going on around my world. So that's why I don't fail. That's why I, I, I go along with every, everything that is going uh, around myself. I mean, you can read your newspapers these days, but I mean, you can also read your newspapers out of your cell phone, or your iPad and all of that. So if you don't do those things, you're going to be left behind. And you can't afford to be left behind because times are going and they're changing and they're changing very fast. So you've got to be very fast. So I'm trying to do that and I'm trying as much as I can. Hence, I am doing this thing because I love it so much. And if you love what you're doing, Tavi, so you will stick to what is going on around you. Go and grow with the times. 
And finally, are you happy with the talent coming through, especially on Umhlobo? We are hearing the likes of Kamane, the likes of Sikolele, uh, Sokelelwa, even Ukangelwa. Really, really exciting commentary there. What do you make of the talent coming through? I'm excited. I'm happy because I can tell you now, without bragging, but those guys are there because I made them what they are. They will tell you mm. any time of the day. Lois Osicheke, Kera Nezana, even Mlulo Kintabo, the coach, all ah. of those guys. They are some of them youngsters. I actually hired them, Tabi, so mm. to be honest. But you know what? I am so excited. I'm happy because what I see out of them, what I hear out of them is exactly what I was praying that I've got to leave this field one day, but I've got to say this is what I've achieved. Because it's pointless to say I've been in broadcast for 32 years. Somebody asks me, what have you done? What have you achieved? And then I've got nothing to point out. But if I can say this is what I've done, this is what I've achieved, then I'd be happy. And I know all the accolades that I've gone, uh, I've achieved, everything that I've done for the station in Kobo, for SABC, I was the first and the, the only black um, commentator then to represent SABC in Australia doing yes. cricket commentary with so biased commentators <laughs> in Australia. The ABC. You know them. But I, I, I actually took them on. So I am so proud to have the Mlulekis and Sabos, uh, uh, the Tando Gamanes of this world because those guys are doing exactly what is supposed to be done. So they must just keep it up. And in fact, not only Umshobo, but all the other stations as well. Even yourself, Tabi, so you're doing an excellent job. I love hearing and, you know, listening to you guys doing wonderful things. And it makes me so proud. I can only be so proud. I cannot sit here and say, oh, this guy is doing very well. And then I get annoyed or, you know, there's some animosity. What kind of a parent would I be? I've got to be excited. I'm so happy to listen and hear and see you on television and you guys doing an excellent job. You must just keep up the good work. It makes me only a very, very happy person and I love it. And you too, ZB. We love you too. We grew up listening to you. You continue to inspire us. You continue to work hard. And as you said, you don't take things for granted. You still prepare. And as I mentioned at the top of the show, we wanted to call you and bring you on and give you the respect that you deserve and celebrate you on World Radio Day. And thank you very much for joining us on SAFM. (laughs) It's my pleasure, Tava. Thank you very much, Zolani Bongo. And I'll end with this tweet from Tabangu says, Remember, this is one of the best interviews I've listened to in 2019. It's about life, not just broadcasting. Thank you to ZP. Wakalu Zolega. Hashtag SAFM Sport On. And now let's go over to the U.S. As promised, that's where we find South African boxer DJ Krill, who's got a big fight this weekend against Carlos Licona. They're fighting for the IBF World Minimum Weight title. Uh, DJ, good evening from Asia in South Africa, and thank you very much for joining us. To be so, what's up, my man? How are you doing? I'm Great good. On the show. I'm good, thanks, DJ. It looks like you're in good spirits ahead of the fight. Yeah, man, I'm good. We're on our way to L.A. right now. And, uh, yeah... Looking forward to the fight, man. I'm so excited. Are you happy with your preparations? Uh, we we prepared. We are ready to go, man. I, I'm just, I feel like a monster. I'm ready to go. You know, we ready to be victorious on the 16th of February, man. Come this Saturday, I'll be a world champion for sure. And DJ, you decided to leave South Africa to go and be based in the U.S. for the sake of your career. Is this fight part of the reason you moved there? Is this what you were working towards? No, yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, any of us as a as a boxer, we want this. This is a dream come true, you know, as to get a, a world title shot, especially of one of the biggest uh, organizations in the world. And uh, yeah, this is what I've worked for my whole life. You know, so I'm looking very, I'm looking forward to this on Saturday. Um, and like I say, you know, there's just better opportunities. That's why I did leave. And, you know, I'm training with the best in the world, one of the best in the world right now, yeah. uh, Mr. Ken Adams. Yeah. And, you know, me and my team, we, I'm t- moving to the States, I think, was the best thing I've ever done. You know, it took a bit of time to take off uh, my career over here. I haven't fought for quite a while, as everyone knows. But, um, yeah, you know, this is my time. It came it came right now, and I believe I'm going to win on Saturday. And I can imagine it wasn't easy to leave your wife, to leave your family behind. You had to make some sacrifices. How hard was it? 
Oh yeah, man, that's very hard. You know, loneliness here yeah, in uh, America. You know, I've got my friends right. I've got my friends here, and, but it ain't the same. You know, I miss my family. Like I'm very family orientated. I, I miss them a lot. I miss my wife. But those kind of small sacrifices, uh, that's that's only for now. You know, glory is forever. We those are just small sacrifices for what is to come. Mm. You know? So yeah. And what kind of support did you get for your move to the U.S.? Because I know it can't be easy. A lot of guys have gone there, but you do need backing. You do need some support. Do you have any support that, you, that you're getting? Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. So I've got great people behind me. I've got my sponsors and I've got my managers. Kakiso uh, Mokodoa and Ryan Erasmus from MED, MED Law. They, they're actually the ones that brought me over here to America, man. They're supporting me this side. Uh, they South African based, and uh, yeah, I'm very grateful to all those people for for all their help, all my sponsors, but mainly you know my two managers. They they the ones that brought me to America, and they supporting me right right now. You know. Mm. You mentioned Kenny Adams earlier yeah. on, the legendary Kenny Adams of the Bones Adams gene, a man who's worked with the likes of Evander Holyfield, Roy Jones Jr. What have you learned in the time that you've worked with Kenny? Oh man, I've just I've learned so much. He's got so much to give, you know, so much knowledge. Mr. Adams is just he's an amazing trainer and uh you know, you you can get that experience. He's been in boxing what 50 something years. Yeah. Uh 27 world champions about to have 28 world champions. <laughs> and yeah, so you know what they ain't much you can't go anywhere in the world to get that, man. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in the right place. <laughs> Definitely. And how much do you know yeah. about your opponent? How much do you know about Carlos Licona? Yeah, so we've studied our opponent, man. Uh, we believe he's very stationary. And, you know, we got something for his ass. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to beat him, man. We're going to beat him. So, um, yeah, all I can say is, is that we've studied, we've trained hard, and we're going to be victorious. We've got somebody on the line that's called us here, DJ, that wants to speak to you. Good evening, sir, and thank you for joining us on SAFM. Thank you very much. How are you? We are fine. Thanks, and you? All right. DJ, do you recognize this voice? Is this my dad, man? What's up, dad? Hello, my boy. How are you? How are you doing, dad? Are you good? I'm good, and you? We're wishing you all the best of luck. I'm sitting here with a lump in my throat. I'm so proud of you, and we know you're going to do the Thank best you, that Dad. you can. You're going to make us proud. Thank you very much. I love you guys very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Krill. Thank you for calling us. That's a nice surprise. We even have a message from your mom, Teresa, DJ. She says, she's WhatsApp us. She says, this is DJ's mom, Teresa. I just want to wish my son all the best and tell him that we love him very much. Man, that's great, man. You see, I've got, I've got the best backing in, in the world, man. My family, I love them too, but, you know. Mm. And what yeah. will a win do for you here, DJ Krill? Will it open doors for you if you get past Carlos Licorna? How are you looking at it? That ain't a if. It's a when I get <laughs> past him. And yeah, um, it's going to open a lot of doors, you know. I'm, I'm looking to become a, 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 a multi-world division champion. So I want to fight now. I want to beat us on Saturday, and from there maybe defend once or twice. It's up to my my managers and my coach, and then from there I'd like to move up. You know, I want to be like I said, I want to I want to make history. I want to be one of the best known in the smaller weight divisions. I want to I want to be on top there with the greatest. You know, that's that's my goal. Mm-hmm. It ain't just to win the title on Saturdays to become one of the best. So that is my plan, and this will definitely open up doors once I win here. Uh, I'd like to actually fight a guy from Thailand. Uh, that fifty, I think he's fifty-two and zero right now. Mm-hmm. So once I win, I, you know, I'm, I'm looking at the at a big picture. I I just want to become one of the best. That's mm. how it is. Yeah. We've also got a message from your wife here, DJ. She says on WhatsApp, "I'm so <laughs> proud of you, my hubby." That's all she says. That she's very proud of you. What do you want to <laughs> say to her? Thank you, my thank you, my angel. I really appreciate that. <laughs> And you're saying now Thank that you now. you're saying that you're on your way now to LA. That's where the fight is happening. How long does it take? Were you based in Las Vegas? Yeah, I'm based in Las Vegas. Yeah, we're on our way to LA right now. Mm. And just tell us more about the bill, about this fight that you're fighting. Uh, who else is on the bill there and who's putting it together? So it's PBG Promotions by Tom Brown. Uh-huh. And 
the, the I'm on the undercard of Yo Santa Cruz. He, oh. he, he'll be the main fight. He's the headliner. And uh, there's another fight between John Molina Jr. and I forget the other guy's name. But yeah, those are the those are the two headlining bills. Yeah. Oh, no, that's big stuff. J- DJ, we just wanted to call you, highlight your fight this weekend, and we thank you very much for finding time to speak to us. We are glad to hear that you are in high spirits and you're confident. What do you want to say to your fans and people that have followed your career here in South Africa that are listening to us today? Tabiso, thank you very much for the call. And, you know, I just want to tell everyone that I really appreciate all the support and everything, and this means a lot to me, this phone call from you guys. It means SA's got my back, you know, and that's and that's very important to me. I mean, this is for myself, my family, and my country. So I really appreciate all of you from SA, and I love you guys very much, man. Thank you for all the support. Thank you very much, DJ. Go out there and make us proud. All the best, mate. Thank you very much, man. Thanks, guys. South African boxer DJ Creel has made the sacrifice to go all the way to the U.S. to further his boxing uh, career. Not a lot of opportunities here at home for many of our boxers, and that's why they make the trek up to the U.S. And uh, it looks like he is well looked. It sounds like he's well looked after there in the U.S. and he's in very, very good hands, DJ Creel. And we certainly wish him all the best, and we'll keep you updated with his progress or anything that we hear ahead of the fight this weekend against uh, Carlos Alicorna. By the way, Carlos Licona is unbeaten. Uh, I think it's 14 and 0 when a D. DJ Krill also 14 fights just one defeat in his professional career that was actually his first professional fight and ever since then he's never lost he actually came back I remember that he came back and he beat the guy that beat him in his first uh, fight and uh, after that he's definitely never looked back at DJ Krill he was also working with Colin Nathan you might remember at the hot box a boxing gym and he's now uh, trying to cover a successful career for himself all the way in the USA and we wish him all the best once again as he flies the South African flag high up next we're gonna go now to Australia to speak to another South African that is based in Australia. Former professional boxer is about to be inducted into the Hall of Fame and his name is Lovemo Ndo. Leading sport stories of the day on SAFM. So let's go all the way to Australia now and that's where we find Lovemo Ndo. I wasn't sure if I should call him an Australian South African or a South African Australian, but he'll clarify all of that for us. But what we do know is that he's about to be inducted into the Hall of Fame in Australia, which must be a huge achievement. Love more. It is good evening from us here in South Africa. Probably good morning on your side, but thank you very much for joining us on SAFM, sir. It's an honor. Thank you for having me on your show and good evening to you guys. Good evening. Thank you very much, Love Mo Ndo. You will be inducted into the Hall of Fame next month, Love Mo. How big an achievement is this for you? Uh, look, I'm so excited about it. And uh, I think um, you know, um, it, it, it's, a, it's a great thing you know, to be finally you know, recognized for the contribution that you know, um, you know, I've made you know, to a country like South, uh, Australia, while at the same time putting my country of that you know, South Africa on, on the world map. Mm. So, yeah, I'm happy about it. I'm looking forward to it. And how did you receive the news? Were you surprised? Was it something that you were expecting when you were told that you'll be inducted into the Australian Hall of Fame? Uh, you know, it came as a surprise. Um, you know, I just got uh, I just got a phone call out of the blue, and uh, I didn't expect the news. Um, and, yeah, and then I got a phone call. It came as a big surprise. Mm-hmm. And is it is it a sports Hall of Fame or is it just a general Hall of Fame there in Australia? It's uh, it, it's more sports, the sport hall of fame. Mm. And how how does it work? How does one get inducted? Do you have any idea? Do you get nominated, or do they just cho- choose you? You get nominated. They've got a panel, uh-huh. you know, um, that um, you know goes through an, you know a number of names, and then they decide who to uh, you know to appoint you know for the or who to nominate for the induction. I saw after you put up your post a couple of weeks ago on Instagram that so many people were happy for you. So many Australians, they felt that you deserve it and you should be there in that Hall of Fame. And I'm sure that must also be encouraging for you. It is very encouraging. You know, you know it's not just the support that I, you know, um, I got from Australia, but worldwide. A lot of people, have been, I'm still getting messages you know, through um, Facebook, through Instagram, emails. A lot of people, you know, are quite happy about my achievements, you know, and 
uh, to see me finally getting that recognition that I deserve. So yeah, look, it's um, I'm so I'm so happy. Mm. And has Boxing South Africa been in touch with you since the news broke? Not yet, but um, you know, as, as you are aware, um, Bongani Mahasela has uh, you know done an article on the Soweto mm. about it. Um, yes, I, you know, I, I haven't spoken from anyone from Boxing South Africa so far. Mm. Now I'm sure they also will send their well wishes to you ahead of the induction next month. Love more. What is Love Mundo up to now in Australia, and where exactly are you based? I'm based in Sydney. Um, look, I'm always doing a lot of uh, you know a lot of things at a time, you know. But um, at the top of the list, I would say you know I'm, I'm practicing law. You know, um, my main areas of practice being family law and criminal law. Mm. and uh, running a law firm, my own law firm, Love More Lawyers. Mm. Uh, I'm also involved in other small businesses and investments. I'm also working on my PhD in law and also writing a book, uh, which um, you know, um, it's almost done. You know, it should be um, released soon. But on top of the list, you know, I'm, I'm really enjoying life with my children, but mostly my granddaughter, Aaliyah. You know, she, I can probably say she's, you know, she's the apple of my eye. Oh, that's beautiful, man. Love more. Has Australia become home for you now? You've been gone for a very long time. I think over twenty-four years. Yes, it's been that long. Uh, you, know, you know, South Africa is always going to be my home, and uh, you know, I intend to come back in the future, uh, and uh, you know, probably continue practicing law in South Africa. But mostly, I want to get into politics. I feel there's a lot I could do, you know, to contribute to my own country of birth, and I think. Uh, I can bring a lot of changes in South Africa as a politician. Mm. And do you still come home to visit? Yes, I do now and then. Mm. Um, but, you know, because I'm so busy, it's really hard for me you know, to be traveling all the time. And Love More, um, what made you leave South Africa to go and uh, set up in Australia? Was it because of personal reasons? Was it because you wanted to uh, enhance or further your boxing career? For me, it was more, you know, to search for opportunities. Um, you know, I traveled to, uh, I mean, to Australia in 1995 just for one fight. Um, but then, you know, uh, I, I just fell in love with the country. I fell in love with the people. You know, um, the um, the way the people welcomed me. You know, I just realized, you know, there was a lot of differences, you know, between my own country of birth and uh, in Australia, and I. I told myself, well, this, you know, if I really want to have a family, this is, this is where I want to have my family. And uh, today, I don't, rec- you know, I don't, I don't regret ever making that decision. I think it's the best decision I've ever made in my life. Um, you know, I've achieved so much in this country, and um, you know, I'm so grateful for the opportunities. But like I said, you know, earlier on, South Africa is always going to be my home, mm. and I intend to come back in the future. Is the fight you're talking about the fight against Cliff Samadine in New South Wales? Yes, that was yeah, that was the fight in, in that was my first fight in Australia. Uh-huh. And before that, you had a, a number of fights here at home. How do you look back at your boxing career here in South Africa? Look, it was great, but I don't think you know um, had I you know continued to live in, in South Africa, I would have you know achieved as much as I've done so far. Um, you know. At the time, it was really hard, you know, for black fighters to get the recognition that we deserved. You know, you could have been a big fish in a small tank in, in, in South Africa, but worldwide, it was really hard to get that recognition. And in terms of, um, you know, um, making money as well, you know, it's mm. really hard for black fighters to make money. Um, and I, I just felt you know, I needed to get somewhere else. And, um, and I, I could have either gone to America or the UK. And then I chose to go um, um, to Australia. Mm. And you, you've, you've fought some big names in your career, Love Mondo. I mean, the likes of Miguel Cotto, Canelo Alvarez, Paul Malinaji. How do you look back overall at your boxing career? Are you happy with what you achieved in the ring? Look, I, I'm, I'm, I'm quite happy. And I believe I could have done, you know, I could have achieved more than I did, you know, had I had those opportunities earlier in my career. Um, but yeah, I'm so happy, you know, with what I've achieved so far. And I've, it's an honor to to look back and you know and realize that I've actually shared the ring with some of the greatest fighters in the world. You know, like you mentioned, Miguel Cotto, Sol Alvarez, 
Yeah, so for me, it's um, yeah, it's a great thing. You've also fought uh, Kel Brook. I mean, when you look back, is there anyone that you would pick out and say this was your toughest fight? It's really hard to pick uh, one, one fight and say this was no uh, a tough fight for me. Um, I would say um, when I fought um, a Mexican kid, um, uh, his name was Jose uh, Louis. I can't remember his last name, but anyway, mm-hmm. um, that was the first time I ever got knocked knocked down. Ah. Uh, that was the first time I ever Jose Luis Juarez. Yeah, Juarez. Yes. It was you know I was coming back from you know a uh, long layoff. I've been out of action for 14 months uh, due to some contractual you know uh, issues I had with the promoter. Yeah, but you know for the first time I got knocked down, and I remember when I you know I think it was in the ninth round. All I could recall, I didn't see the punch that hit me. All I could recall when I got up, the ref was going seven, eight, nine. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> <laughs> But look, I managed to survive and uh, you know finish you know finish the fight. But look, you know I've been in with some great fighters. You know, you look at Miguel Cora. I fought yeah. Miguel at short notice, you know, one week's notice. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, the same thing. You know, with Shambi Mitchell, I fought him on one week's notice. Um, when I fought the likes of um, um, uh, Canelo Alvarez and Carl Brooks, I was hitting my forties, so you know I wasn't a young man anymore. But uh, yeah, I'm so proud of you know. Um, I'm still proud of it, you know, uh, my career and everything I've achieved. What happened with um, with Ricky Hatton? Because I remember you were supposed to fight Ricky Hatton. Did he not accept that fight? He didn't want to fight me, and for obvious reasons, you know. I think, uh, you know, his style was, you know, you know, he suited me perfectly, and he, you know, I wanted to fight him. I was a mandatory challenger, and he decided you know, to relinquish the title, and um, uh. then the IBF made me the champion. I recall when I fought Ben Rabah, uh, initially it was supposed to be, um, 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 it was supposed to be, uh, to, you know, um, what's the name again? Ricky Hatton. No, no, no. When I fought Ben Rabah, oh. it was supposed to be an, an, an elimination bout to, yeah. you know, for the winner to fight uh, Ricky Hatton. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, after I knocked out Ben Rabah, Ricky Hatton didn't want anything to do with me at all. Um, there was also, um, after one, I, I recall, I fought on his undercard, you know, my second fight with uh, Malinaji yes. um, in Manchester. Um, I, I recall anyone that's, that watched that fight, you know, would tell you I won that fight when I fought Malinaji. But the thing is, uh, he had already signed to fight um, uh, Ricky Heron. Um, so my only way of beating Malinaji was to, you know, was to knock him out, and it didn't happen. So I didn't get a chance to fight uh, Ricky Heron. And I believe had I knocked Malinaji out, he would have found another way to avoid fighting. <laughs> he never wanted anything to do with me. So he was basically running away then from you. <laughs> he was. You also was. fought. I think after your second fight uh, against Malinaji, you fought Kemet Clinton, and then after that, you fought Philip Ndo. We spoke to Philip Ndo last week. How was that experience? How was that fight for you to come up against Philip? Oh, it was great fighting, my namesake. <laughs> <laughs> As you know, um, Philip, you know, at the time, was a, I don't know if he's changed now, but at the time, he was a very cocky young man. No, he hasn't changed, trust um, me. <laughs> God bless him. <laughs> You know, um, he was he was a very cocky young man, and uh, you know, he, he he's good at promoting fights. You know, he did a lot of talking, and for me, it was you know, it was it was great to eventually get a, that opportunity to fight for a world title. You know, for a world title, you know, in front of my you know my South African people, mm-hmm. you know, my fellow South Africans, and uh, to win that world title was just great for me. Mm-hmm. And I, I believe that was one of my you know my greatest achievements. You know, to win a world title. You know in front of my, you know, my fellow South Africans. You also fought Bongani Mwelase, who was, I know, a big name at the time, highly rated. You fought him, I think, here in Kempton Park. How was that one? How do you look back at that one? You beat him. Again, that, you know, he, you know, um, I believe uh, Philip and um, Bongani are made from the same cloth, you yeah. know. Yeah, definitely. You know, <laughs> Bongani talks a lot, you know, uh, but which is great for the, you know, for the sport, again, like I said, you know, it helps out tickets, you know. I thought he, he kind of respected me a little bit, you know, when he spoke about, you know, it's going to embarrass me in front of my children. Um, 
But, you know, at the end of the day, I beat him. And um, again, you know, like I said, he was great fighting, you know, in South Africa. Mm. And I understand that you also sparred with a future Hall of Famer in Floyd Mayweather. Is that correct? And how was that experience? It was a great experience for me. Uh, I spent about four months, you know, working out with Mayweather. Um, and, um, and um, you know, he's a great fighter. You, you can't take that away from him. Um, you know, for me, it was just, you know, being around him and seeing, you know, having that opportunity to see what makes him so great, uh, you know, meant a lot to me. Um, the guy trains hard. He deserves, you know, to be, you know, you know uh, the best in the world, pound for pound the best, because, you know, he puts a lot of work into it. Mm. And why did you decide that the time was right to retire after your victory against Gary St. Clair? I think there you won the IBF Pan Pacific welterweight title and the vacant WBF world welterweight title, and then you decided to call it quits. Look, um, I, I was in my 40s already. Uh, you know, boxing is a short-time sport. You know, you know it's a short-time career. You need to get in and get out before you get hurt. You know, there's been so many sad endings, you know, sad stories in boxing. And um, I didn't want to end up, you know, um, um, you know, a sad story. Um, um, that's why, you know, during my boxing career, I prepared for my life after boxing. Um, most of the time, fighters stay long in the sport because they've got nothing else to do at the end of their careers. Um, you know, if, and if they can't fight, they can't make a living. Uh, so they just continue fighting and fighting and, you know, putting their health at risk. So I'm, I'm glad that, you know, I finished my boxing career, you know, while, while my brain cells are still intact. Mm. And finally, now you said you, you are practicing as, an, as a lawyer. Was that always the plan for you after you retire from boxing to go the legal route? And if so, why was that, Love Mundo? Well, you know, you had to do more with some of my personal experiences, you know, some experiences that I had, you know, in South Africa, you know, having to deal with the, with the police, um, and, uh, you know, also my boxing career where I had to deal with, you know, with, you know um, some really nasty promoters and managers. And, um, you know, I felt, you know, I, you know, that's one of the things that made me, you know, really want to, you know, study law. And uh, I've always believed, you know, in justice, and I always believed, you know, um, there should be people out there who are always fighting for other people's justice, and, and that's why I took up law. Great stuff. Love more. We wish you all the best, and uh, we are happy that you are being recognized there in Australia and you're being inducted into the Hall of Fame, and that's why we also wanted to highlight it, and uh, it is well-deserved. You re- definitely represented us and made us proud there in a foreign country, and we wish you all the best. Thank you very much, you know, and I believe, you know, South Africa should also look at, uh, you know, rec- recognizing its, uh, you know, um, athletes or, you know, sports people. Uh, uh, you know, I believe South Africa is not doing enough for its sports people. You know, you look at athletes like Casta Semenya, you know, yeah. she gets more recognition outside her own country of birth, which is totally wrong. You know, we've got a lot of talent in South Africa, you know, in terms of boxing and uh, any other sports, and um, the government should at least put some money into it. Now, the problem, with, I believe the biggest problem we have is we find the government investing money on the wrong things. You know, for example, when the government brought, you know, uh, put some money to bring Mayweather to oh. South Africa. I don't see the benefit of that. You know, you're giving money to a guy who didn't need money. Whereas we've got a lot of athletes, you know, who could have, you know, benefited from that, you know, from that money. Uh, that money could have been, used, you know, to build a sports center, or, you know, or just assist, you know, most South African fighters who finish up as poppies. Definitely. That's just my opinion. No, and that's a solid opinion. I couldn't agree with you more. It still hurts us what happened when Floyd Mayweather was here. We understand $10 million was spent, and we don't see what it was spent on, except on Floyd Mayweather. Thank you, Love Mundo. All the best, mate. Thank you. God bless. Thank you. That is uh, South Africa's Australian-based former professional boxer Love More Endo, as they call them that side, who is going to be inducted into the Hall of Fame in Australia next month in March. And once that's done, we'll also keep you updated and let you know how that ceremony went. Let's wrap up the show now uh, by uh, talking a little bit of cricket just to wrap up the first day's play of the first test between the Proteas and Sri Lanka at Kingsmead in Durban. Tabiso Musiya on SAFM. 
And let's speak now to Lungani Zama from the Independent News Papers about the first day of the first test between the Proteas and Sri Lanka. Lungani, uh, good evening and thank you for joining us. South Africa bowled out for 235, Sri Lanka 49 for 1. It stamps on day one. Is it advantage Sri Lanka? 100%. So, uh, pleasantly surprised actually, at the way they performed. Mm-hmm. And uh, Quinton de Kock, as she said in the press conference after that, a couple of the guys, they didn't know. Uh, like Vishwa Fernando, the guy who took four, they'd not seen him before. So, you know, there's some food for thought there for the guys. And, and we all knew that Sri Lanka came here, they lost their captain pretty much on the tarmac before they got on the plane because he got dropped. Mm by politicians, uh, there's been a lot going on with Sri Lanka, but the fact that they've been able to overcome that and roll South Africa for 235 just shows the character of that team. Was it a, a big toss to win? Uh, yeah, very good toss to win. Um, there was a bit more, there were two pitches prepared because they weren't sure what South Africa wants these days, you know, they, they're always tailoring to their needs. So there was one slightly drier pitch and one with a bit more grass. The guys chose the one with a bit more grass. And obviously you lose the toss, you run the risk then of, as South Africa were, 17 for 3, mm. uh, because they faced a good attack. So good, good, good toss for Sri Lanka to win, and they took advantage of it. You know, they put the ball in the right area and asked a lot of questions. A lot's been said about their off-field prob- problems. I even had their captain speak before the games, and I guess that's why everybody's surprised with how well they done. Besides Chanimal being dropped, what, what, what are these off-the-field problems that they have that everyone is talking about? Hey, Chief, there's a, there's a lot going on, Sabi. So, I mean, they still got a match-fixing allegation hanging over their head. Um, they've obviously had big retirements in the last few years. Heras being the last one, who was a match winner for them. They've, they've culled at least six senior players and came in with a bunch of youngsters here. They're rebuilding. Um, and in that rebuilding phase, you've got to go to Australia, who are rebuilding themselves, but they're obviously angry at the way the world has turned on them in the last year. And then you come to South Africa, who's got one of the best pace attacks in the world. It's been tough. But, you know, so to be able to overcome all that, oh, the coach also has had his powers taken away. He can't even select his own team. Oh. He's, so he's basically a cheerleader here. He does, he's not part of the selection panel anymore. You've got guys sitting in Colombo telling you what team to pick. They're not in South Africa. So it's crazy. But they've been able to overcome all of that. And, you know, here they are. And finally, what's the thinking with playing these two test matches in Deben and PE on conditions that would probably be more favourable to the Sri Lankans? Yeah, look, uh, Pakistan got the picking of the venues because that was going to be the tougher assignment, I think. And then Sri Lanka, because you've got to share these things around, you can't keep everything in Joburg and Cape Town. <laughs> By virtue of rotation, Durban and PE needed to get something. So the fact that Sri Lanka got slotted into the fiction this late, it made sense then that you have to take them down to the coast. It's not ideal because obviously you'd want to take them on the high floors and bouncy pitches, but you you gotta you gotta share the love. You gotta get the process all around the country. So it's not so much thinking as it is circumstance. Okay, great stuff, Lungani Zama. Thank you very much for uh, joining us to give us a wrap of day one's action. Thank you. That is Lungani Zama from the Independent Newspapers. Covers everything. Is probably going to cover the Doozy Canoe Marathon this weekend too, this man. And good luck, by the way, to everybody taking part in the Doozy. And we will keep you updated. We'll keep the listeners updated here on SAFM. Before we go, there is a soccer match on the go. Black Leopards hosting Bidvest Vets in the last 16 of the Netbank Cup. And it is still goalless there in Toyando after 30 minutes of that game. And that's a wrap from us. Thank you.